Shalom Uvracha, this is Chazar Shir number four, where Bistiyate Dishmai will discuss two sigyas. Sigya number one is whether you're allowed to give food to an individual that you know will not recite a bracha. And sigya number two are the halachas that apply to the cup of Nitila Sedain. So let's begin with the first sigya, the Ramah in Simon Kufsamich Gimel Siv Beis and the Shulchan Aruch in Kufsamich Taz and in other places as well says, you're not allowed to give bread to an individual that you know didn't wash his hands and is going to eat the bread without washing his hands. You're also not allowed to give food to an individual that you know is not going to uh, make a bracha before eating that food. And this is a very, unfortunately, a very common question that arises today is, are you allowed to give food to a non-religious individual knowing that he's not going to recite a bracha? So for example, you have a non-religious friend or electrician visiting your house. Could you give him food? Uh, You own a restaurant. Why are you allowed to have a non-religious person come in? You're giving him food. He's not going to make a bracha, not before, not after. Uh, You you own a business. How could you give lunch? Uh, Cure of organizations. How do they give food knowing that people aren't going to recite a bracha? So we will answer all these questions. And in order to answer these questions, we have to start with the origin of this Isser of Lifne Iver Lotita Mechshol. So there's a Pasuk in the Torah that says Lifne Iver Lotita Mechshol. You're not allowed to put a stumbling block before a blind person. And Chazal understand that that doesn't mean just a physical stumbling block, but it also means a spiritual stumbling block. And the Gemara gives an example. You are standing on one side of the river. There's another, uh, there's another Jew who also is a Nazir, who's not allowed to drink wine, who's standing on the other side of the river. And he says, could you please pass me a cup of wine? By you passing him the cup of wine, you're enabling him to transgress the Isser of drinking drinking wine, and therefore you are being over in Isser Deraisa of Lifnei Lotita Michel. The Gemara over there says, if you're both on the same side of the river, so then there is no Isser Deraisa of Lifnei Lotita Michel, because the Nazir himself can go walk and take the wine himself. So you didn't enable him to do it, he was able to do it even without you, and therefore there's no Isser of Lifnei Lotita Michel. And Tosos over there in the Gemara of Zara says, if you're both on the same side, there's no Isser of Lifnei and therefore you can pass him, uh, pass him the cup, implying that there's no Isser whatsoever if you're both on the same side and he's able to get it himself. However, there seems to be a Tosos in Gemara Shabbos that contradicts this Tosos because Tosos in the Gemara Shabbos says that even if you're both standing on the same side of the river, you're still not allowed to pass him a cup of wine, not because it's an Isra right? An Isra is only when you enable him, when you're on both on two different sides of the river. But there's going to be an Isra of Misayel Advaravera that you're helping this person, you know, be over an Isra Doraisa uh, of drinking the, the, the Nazar wine. So therefore, it seems to be a steer over here, meaning when you're both on different sides of the river, everyone agrees there's an Isra of Lifnei Tito Michel. When you're on the same side of the river, is there an Isra of Misayel Advaravera or not? So the Shach explains that it depends. If it's a person that you know for sure is transgressing the Isser, someone who's a mummer, right? So then the Allah is, if you're on the same side of the river, you're even allowed to hand it to him and that's not going to be an Isser. However, if it's someone that you're obligated to, you know, refrain from, uh, you know, you're obligated to try to persuade him not to do an Avera because you know it's someone, he's not, uh, he's just right now, he's not over in the Nisayin. He's a good guy. But right now, he's like, he really wants it. So then there would be an Isser de Rabbanon of, uh, of Misaya. And Ramesha and Lamaisa, he passes like this and, and he quotes the Dagal Mervavra who says that it doesn't just apply to an actual mummer, but anyone who deliberately transgresses an Isser, there is no prohibition of you giving him the food when you're both on the same side of the river of, uh, there's no Isidur Abanan of Misayel Advarvir. So a classic example that we said, you're sitting on the middle uh, chair of an airplane and, uh, and the stewardess says, hey, do you mind passing the food to the person sitting in the window? Person sitting by the window happens to be an irreligious Jew and you're passing him trefa meat is that a problem or not? So first of all, there's no Isser of Misayel Advarvira, the Isser Doraisa, why not? Because it's not considered two sides of the river. The 
guy who's sitting next to you by the window could stand up and grab it by himself. He doesn't need you. He's able to get it himself. What about the Isser of, so therefore there's no Isser of Lifna Iver Lotita Michshal, right? Because, because he's, it's considered like you're on the same side of the, of the river. What about the Isser of Misayel Dvarveh? Aren't you helping him to perform the, perform the Isser? So here also there's not going to be an Isser of Misayel. And the reason is because he deliberately eats food that isn't treif, and someone who deliberately eats food that is not treif, there is no iser of, of, uh, of Misael Advarvir. So the Maisa, whenever we approach, uh, you know, a modern day Shailah, we need to ask ourselves two questions. Number one, is, there, is this considered two sides of the river? Meaning, am I the only one who's enabling him to do it? And then number two, uh, even if he's able to do it himself, is there going to be a problem of Misael Advarvir? So let's start with the most common question. Someone owns a supermarket, a hotel, a nursing home, vending machines, all these things, by you selling the item, and someone is gonna and someone's gonna you know buy it and, and eat the food without making a, without making a bracha. So is that going to be a problem of lifne iver lotit and Or in other words, how do we define two sides of the river? What's considered two sides two sides of the river? And what's considered one side of the river? So here, Ramosha explains that he asked the Shiloh, Someone asked him if uh, if there in a person was going to rent his wedding hall and he was going to use the wedding hall to do uh, to have you know uh, a dancing without a mechitza or to have uh, you know other 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 possibly surim that would happen. He wanted to know, am I obligated uh, not to, you know, allow him to rent the hall because it's, uh, am I obligated, is that considered an Isser of Lifna Iver? So Ramosha answered, Ramosha said that, he, that since this individual has happened to be in the city of London, and he said since in London there are many other places where, you, where the person can find a wedding hall, so he says it's not considered two sides of the river, it's one side of the river, meaning he can buy it for, he can rent the hall from you and he can rent it from, you know, 10 other wedding halls. And since he can rent it from 10 other wedding halls, so it's very easily accessible. And so there's no problem with Neiver Lotita and Michel because it's considered on the same side of the river. What about Misayeya? Since it's someone who's deliberately transgressing this, or he's not interested. So therefore, there's not going to be a problem of of, uh, of Misayea Lidvarvir. So in other words, what Ramosha is telling us is that even though you can theoretically not even though, every time you could find something or the individual that you're giving, the, that you're selling the food to could find that product someplace else, even if the other place is more expensive, right? Even though you're undermined, right? Ramosha doesn't write that since all the other places are, uh, are, are, are cheaper and he's deliberately choosing you, so, he's, so it's, uh, he has other options. Meaning, even if you're the cheapest place, Right? And that's why he's choosing you. Right? He doesn't, Ramosha doesn't differentiate what, what the price of the other halls are, which implies that as long as there's an option anywhere else in the city to buy this thing, to, you know, to, to rent out the wedding hall, there's not going to be a problem of, of lifna'iver lotite mechshel. And that's, a, that's an important thing. So you have a store, you have a restaurant, whatever it is. The halacha is that if someone comes inside and he wants to you know, eat the food in your restaurant, so the halacha is you're allowed to sell it to him, even though you know, it's not gonna, even though you know he's not going to make a bracha. There's no isra of lifna iver lotite mechshel because you can buy some other place. And there is no isra of misayel dvar avera because he's deliberately transgressing that isra. However, Ramosha and the Torah's chasset, which is Rav Shner Zalman from Lublin, um, both of them explain that that's only when you're giving, when you're selling something to someone, right? If I'm selling something to someone and he has the ability to buy in other places, that's one, there's no lifnever. But if I'm giving something for free to someone, so that is already considered two sides of the river, right? Meaning when you have the option to go buy something in another place, so it's considered one side of the river. You have the ability to buy it by me or some other place. When I give you something for free, the only way you can get my item 
is if I give it to you. And therefore, it's considered like two sides of the river. There's no other way that you can get that item that belongs to me without me giving it to you. And since I'm the only one who can give it to you, it's considered, uh, it's considered two sides two sides of the, of the river. And it would seem that it would be usher to give food for free to, uh, to, um, to, to someone else. So now the question becomes, if it's usher to give food for free to someone else, because it's, it's considered nisodoraisa of lifting the lotita mishal, it's two sides of the, of the river. So then how do, you know, curve organizations or how do you serve, uh, you know, give out food to people that are coming? If you know you're not going to make a, a brach, you're giving it to them for free. Or the electrician who comes to your house, how are you able to give him food for free if you know that uh, if it's for free, the only way he's able to access your cup of orange juice is because you're giving it to him. So it seems that you're being over an Iser Doraisa, a Lufnever. So here we have two possible explanations that are written by the, by the Archon. Rosh Sternbach, with regards to Kirov, he explains that there's no problem. Why? Because you have to look at the Iser of Lufnever, Lutite Mechshal, you know, globally. And, and here, basically what, what Lufnever, Lutite Mechshal means, you're not allowed to put a spiritual stumbling block in front of individual. You're not allowed to cause him to do an Avera. When you invite someone to your Shabbos table to be Makar of him, or where you're a Kirov organization and on a college campus, you're inviting all the non-religious kids to, to Hanukkah, Mesiba, or whatever it is, your goal is not, not to, not, your goal isn't to put a Mikshal in front of him. What are you doing here? You're trying to be Makar of him. You're trying to really show him, you know, the, 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 the real life and the, and the real MS, right? So, so in a case of situation, in a, in a situation of Kirov, the Lifnever Lotita Mishal doesn't really apply because it's the opposite. The whole reason why he's coming is because you want to be Makarvin. What about a situation where it's not Kirov? It's your electrician. Yeah, the your electrician, you're not interested in uh, being Makarvin or even if you are interested in being Makarvin, that's, that's not your goal, that's not your intention. You're trying to be a nice guy. You're trying to offer him, trying to offer him a cup of water. Would that be allowed or not? So here of Shulman Zalman, he has the Kiddush and he says you have to weigh Two types of lifnever. He says, if you don't offer him a cup of water, and he's going to be the type of guy who's going to say, oh, here's a from Jew. I come to his house. It's 100 degrees outside. And he's not even offering me a cup of water. So that's going to cause animosity and hate, hatred from one Jew to another Jew. So Shlomo Zalman says, you have to look at the two stumbling blocks that you might provide to this individual. Stumbling block number one is that you might, if you give him a cup of water, so he's going to drink water without a bracha. So he's going to violate an Isser Darabanan of drinking without a bracha. He says, but if you don't offer him the cup of water, right? So then he can cause animosity and hate and, and he might be over the Isser Darais of Lotis Nesachicha Bilvavecha. So when you have two stumbling blocks in front of you, which one should you place? Obviously, you should place the, the, the smaller one. And therefore, you're allowed to give him, uh, you're allowed to give the, the electrician a cup of, uh, not to give the electrician a cup of water in order to drink, in order to avoid this sense of animosity. What about a next case? Let's say there's another case where you giving an individual food won't, you know, you giving him or not giving him won't prevent or cause animosity. For example, you have a friend who's not religious. You can buy him a birthday card or you can buy him a birthday cake. Are you allowed to buy him a birthday cake knowing he's going to eat it without a bracha? Right now, he... He doesn't, like, if you don't buy him a birthday cake and you buy him something else, he's not going to think any less of you. Or an electrician who's kavua, he comes to your house and for the past, you know, month when he came to your house, you always gave him a cup of water. And this time you didn't, right? So he's not going to think any less of you. In such a situation, are you allowed to, uh, are you allowed to give him that, the, the cup of water? So here we find also um, two 
two uh, suggestions amongst the amongst the Aron. One is from the Shevet Alivi. Shevet Alivi is Medayik from the Mishabruah, and he says that there's the Isser of Lifni of Lifneiva or Masaya, whatever it is, when you're giving something for free, right, to, to an individual. That Isser is only if you know for sure he's not going to recite a bracha. But if it's a suffix, whether he's going to recite a bracha or not, so then you're allowed to. So says the Shevet Alivi, you can give him a cup of water and say, by the way, the bracha is shahakol. Right, you give him a cup of orange juice and say, by the way, it's a, it's a shakal. Or you're giving your friend a, a birthday cake, you can say, the cake is a mizonos. The moment you tell him that it's a bracha, so now it's a suffix whether he's going to say it or not, and therefore there's no iser of lifneiver lo titena mechshul. The stipler, he had another suggestion. He says, the other option is if you eat some of the cake or if you take a cup of water and you drink it uh, and you eat it or, or, or drink it, you make the bracha and say, oh, I'll be motzi you. So that can also, uh, that can also work. So those are two possibilities uh, in a case where it's not going to cause animosity. Uh, where basically you can give, you can, um, you can either tell him what the bracha is, or number two is you can make the bracha out loud. What about another case that's very common? And that is the case of giving food at a, at a restaurant, at a, excuse me, at a, at a company, right? You work at, a, I don't know, at some company, and uh, there's uh, leftover suvganiot uh, uh, from a Hanukkah Masiba, and you want to bring it, to, uh, you have 20 leftover suvganiot, what are you going to do with them with all the extra donuts? So you say, you know what, I'll bring them to the company, uh, I'll bring them to the company uh, kitchenette, and whoever wants will take. So could you do that? You're causing all the other, f- not from people in the organizations to eat the suvganiya, you're giving it to them for free. So it seems it's a problem of lifna Iver, the Isr do Raisa, because there is no other way they can get it. And right, and therefore it's a problem of Lifnever Lutitamiksha. So possibility number one is you put a sign and it says the brach is Mizonos. And that's what would be based on the Shevet Alivi that we saw that we saw before. However, there is one other suggestion, and this is quoted in the in the Torah's Chassid, and he says that that there's a dispute of whether lifneiver is transgressed um, if you don't actively put the food in the person's mouth, right? Meaning it could be that the is of lifneiver lotita mishul is the machlokas is only if you actually put the food in the individual's mouth. But if you put it in front of them, that's not going to be, uh, there are some shitas that say that it's not going to be us. Now, we obviously passing in that, that it is. But says, says the, the Torah's chesed, he says, when we said that there is going to be an iser of even placing food that's aser in front of an individual, even if you're not putting it directly in his mouth, says the Torah's chesed, that's only if the food itself is inherently forbidden. So if I put tray for food in front of someone, or yai nesach in front of the nazir, or chalav akam in front of you know, an individual, that's when there's going to be a problem of lifneiver. But if I if the food is inherently mutter and all I'm doing is placing it down and then I'm walking away and the other person is taking it himself, then that's going to be, then you're not going to have a problem over here of, uh, of lifniver or of, uh, or of misayel et varavir. And that's the maisa what the tzitzel yezer um, and, and Rav Ashawais, they, they, uh, they suggest that if you want to do this in such a case, obviously, ideally, put up a sign. If you can't do that, so then, uh, so then you put it down and, uh, and you let people take it on their own. What you should not do is you should not walk around, you know, the cubicles at work and giving out donuts to every single person because then you're actively giving it to them. And once you're actively giving it to them, so that's going to be a problem of, uh, of lifting either. So let's summarize everything that we saw up until now. Uh, very simply and very briefly. Selling food to an irreligious Jew who will eat it without a bracha will be permitted if he can buy it at a different location, right? So anytime that he can buy it at a different location, that's going to be mutter. Handing an irreligious Jew food for free will be permitted in order to be mekar of him or if it will prevent animosity and hatred amongst Jews. That was the Shomazam. In non-Kirif settings or in a situation where 
you're not feeding the irreligious Jew will not cause hatred. You are still allowed to give him food if you encourage him to recite a bracha, or if you recite a bracha aloud and you tell him that you're going to be motzi, right? If you bring food to the kitchen out of your company, or if you own a company and you're offering free lunch, uh, free lunch. So the best thing to do is to put a sticker that indicates, you know, what the appropriate bracha is. But if it's not possible, so Shamakron, like we said, the Tzitzliyaz and Rav, and, uh, Rav Asher, why? Rav Yashiv argues, he says it's still Asher, uh, but, but the Tzitzliyaz and Rav Asher, why say that what's the best thing you can do you can place the food down or the drinks down and then have the workers pick up uh the food themselves so that's the first sigma of lifne uh of lifne and obviously when it comes to all these things you need to use uh your sensitivity and your seichel sometimes pushing an individual to cite a bracha will ignite his soul on fire and be like yeah let's make a bracha and sometimes uh you know not having people make a bracha or not sometimes pushing him to make a bracha will you know could cause him to feel uh, will alienate him and cause him to feel you know religious coercion so therefore a person needs to use a lot of uh, a lot of seichel when it comes to to this. The next thing we discuss is the halachos of the the cup itself. So we saw the Gemara in Chulin says that the cup needs to be whole, and the Rashi explains that it needs to be like the the mechatas. And the Mishnah Adam says that as long as it's whole, um, and uh, even if it's you know not mekabel tumma like like uh, um, a cup that's made out of dung, it's still going to be uh, it's still going to be mutter. And the Shulchan Aruch and Sifalaf he passing that halach So the first sugya that we discussed, the first practical halach we discussed is whether you're allowed to use plastic cups. So the Minchas Yitzchak says you're not allowed to use plastic cups because you use it once and then you throw it out. Since you throw it out, it's not considered a kli and it's problematic. The Tzitzel Yazer and Rishul Mazalman and Ramayshi seem to say that plastic cup or paper cups, those bepashas are going to be okay because... Even though you're right to use it once, but it theoretically could be used for a long time. And it's also called, it's called a cup. It's being sold as a cup and therefore it'll be okay. Uh, obviously, ideally, it's best to use a regular cup. But if you don't have, you only have a plastic cup, that's, also, that's going to be mutter. And the Yalkut Yosef also uh, is mekel when it comes to using a plastic cup. What about uh, airplane cups? A very common question. You want to wash for bread. You're on the plane. You're hungry. You want to have a sandwich. Are you allowed to use the, the bathroom, the, the cups in the bathroom to, for an etil them? So there's three questions that apply to airplane cups. Number one is, is it small enough or is it big enough? Number two, uh, it's a paper cup. It's not plastic. And then number three, are you allowed to wash in a bathroom or not? So with regards to the size of the cup, the Mishabura says, or the Shulchan Aruch says, you need a revius, right? And the revius, it's a machlokas, or Chaim Na says that it's 86 milliliters, which is, we mentioned is the gematria of Kos. And the Chazunish Paskin said it's 150 milliliters, which is the gematria of Kosagun. And the Maisa, those airplane uh, cups, the, the cups that are in the, that are cups that are in the airplane, the the there there are three ounce cups, which is eighty eight point seven milliliters, which means according to Reb Chaim Na, it's considered a revius, and according to the Chazanish, it's not considered uh, a revius. So according to Reb Chaim Na, you could use them, and when you do use them, you should be careful that your dry hand doesn't touch your wet hand. Uh, but according to the Chazanish, it, it doesn't work, and therefore it's best to actually you know get a bigger cup from the galley uh, and then use that for for an etil satan. What about a paper cup? Could a paper cup, the fact that it's paper, would that work? So obviously according to the Minchas like it won't work. According to Ramosha, according to the Tzitzel Yazer, uh, the it would uh, they they hold that like we mentioned before that plastic and and paper cups are going to be are going to be good even though it might not be considered good for kiddush right if it's because you need like a hush of a cup but is it for sure considered a cup absolutely what about washing in the bathroom so this is an interesting thing the Shulchan Aruch and Simon Pei Gimel Sevdalit says that. He quotes the Gemara that says that Bet de the Persian uh, bathrooms, don't have the din of a Beis where you're allowed to wash in there and you're allowed even to, to say a bracha. Why is that? Because it was 
the, the toilets were made on a slope where a person would relieve himself it would right away uh, roll out. And therefore, if it doesn't smell bad in the bathroom, a person would be allowed to do a Dvarm Shabbat Dush over there. So the Chaznesh was mistopic with our bathrooms. Our bathrooms kind of have that. You know, on the one hand, you flush a toilet and it's gone. But on the other hand, as opposed to the Persian one that right away rolls out, here it will sit in the tube until you, um, until it's... Uh, you know, sit in the in the in the toilet seat until it's uh, until it's done. So Lamaisa, he was missa. But Lamaisa, the Orlitzion, uh, he paskin that uh, that in a bathroom you would be able to to wash your hands as long as you're not you know above the toilet seat or above the the bathtub, but just above the sink, it would be okay. And Rishon Zalman also paskin halach Lamaisa that b'shas uh, a person is allowed to use the a person is allowed to use the 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 bathroom to wash his hands. So Lamaisa, when it comes to washing your hands for nitilas for for water nitilas yadaim for for eating bread in an airplane, so if it's ideally, you should get a cup that's bigger than Ravis. If not, you all, you have Rav Chaim not to rely on. Uh, the fact that it's paper cup, we saw the majority of poskim say that it's okay. And the fact that it's in the bathroom, the postkim are mikol.